Hello and welcome to the new episode of the Toad on Games podcast. Isn't it lovely? Isn't it lovely now that it's bi-weekly and every other Wednesday as opposed to just whenever? Although that was fun for me, probably not the best to try and get people to listen to things. I don't know, I'm a spontaneous person. I'd be fine with whatever. <laughs> I think to try and get like a stable audience... I think I probably need a time frame. Maybe. We'll see how that goes. Maybe that won't work. We'll see. With us today, as you can hear her lovely voice there, we have Kira Buckland. Hi. Hello. As her Twitter bio says, she's a voice actor, cosplayer, cat lady, and coffee queen. Yes, I am glad you have read my bio. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I do all the professional research here. I read the bios. I feel like it doesn't take a lot of research to know that I like to drink coffee or, you know, next you're going to say you know who my favorite musical artist is, but we'll get to that <laughs> later. <laughs> exactly. I don't even drink coffee, though. I'm so sorry. I hope that doesn't <gasps> affect, affect how much Oh, I on. have something that if you tried my favorite drink, you would change your mind about coffee. I've converted so many people. What is your favorite drink then? It's an iced Mexican mocha. If you've ever had like Mexican hot chocolate or something like that, just imagine that as an iced mocha and it is so good. Oh my goodness. Like I can't even describe how good it is. I will have to try three and then I'll make a decision based on those three. <laughs> I, I drink hot chocolate. I drink hot chocolate. So I drink hot drinks. So it's it's all good. Well, I usually have mine iced, so try an iced Mexican mocha. That goes for everyone listening as well, although I'm sure you've heard me talk about it incessantly on social media. Okay, we will all, everyone has to try one of those now. That's that's the deal, me included. Yes. Right, so today we're going to talk about Neo Automata, we're going to talk about some other bits and bobs. By the way, I should start Neo Automata or Automata? How, wait, how do you pronounce it? I, I say Automata, but I mean, I've heard everything under the sun i mean i've heard people say like near auto tomato so <laughs> yeah yeah there doesn't seem to be a general consensus near automata near a tomato whatever works for you guys but yeah near automata is my game of the year which is very good yeah especially for square enix because i will definitely be putting it in my game of the year list it is actually not just my favorite game of the year it's my favorite game ever of all time and i've played many 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 games so that's quite a big deal like, my wallpaper on my laptop is Neo Automata at the moment. My my ringtone is from the game. Um, Ooh, which song? I just have the bleep, 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 like the notification noise. <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder if anyone's ever going to know what that's from on, like, a train or something. I'm still hoping. I'm still hoping someone comes over and talks to me about it. I know that feel. One day someone will recognize my tattoo and like outside of an anime con and that will be the day (laughs) and then you can have that brilliant awkward conversation of oh yeah yeah i know someone that works on that game Mm." (laughs) i've been a drakengard fan since i was like 11 like my mum just randomly bought me drakengard 2 actually that was my first one and then i ended up playing the the first drakengard afterwards which is a bit weird um i was already big into sort of the near drakengard series anyway which, you know, was good. But then I didn't play the first Nier. I didn't play the original Nier. I just somehow missed out on it. And then I almost missed out on this game as well, actually. Square Enix was sending me, like, weird PRE merch stuff, like Christmas baubles and pencils with 2B written on the side. What? I'll take some of that stuff if you don't want it. <laughs> oh, did you not get any goodies? I, I want, like, Emil Christmas heads. Like, I don't even have a Christmas tree because I have five cats at home, but, you know, like, an Emil Christmas ornament? That would be awesome. Yeah, it's a neat little it's a neat little collectible. But yeah, I got sent all this stuff and, and then I was like, well, I did love Drakengard, but I missed out on Nier. And missing out on Nier was what made me not play it at first but then I was just like right let's get on to this and it just like totally sucked me in and became my favorite game of all time and everyone at work and everyone that follows my work knows that I go on about this game an awful awful lot (laughs) so have you played the previous games (sighs) I I know everyone's gonna hate me for this but um Nier Automata was the first Yoko Taro game that I played because I just was like I'd heard of Dragon Guard, but I just like wasn't mm. really familiar with like original Nier or anything before I worked on this game. And you know, I would like to it. Like I've watched Kyle, who plays Nine S, play a little of it on his stream and stuff. And I think I tried to play it at one point, and I was like really, really bad at it. <laughs> but I mean, like the stories seem interesting and stuff so if nothing else maybe i'll like watch a let's play or something like that at some point yeah i'll I'll be honest most people that have played this game 
probably haven't played the previous ones anyway, because it's not necessary. And I guess they never really found an audience, so it's a shock that there was ever, you know, technically this being the fifth one in the series. That's kind of a shock almost. But this game, like, blew up big time, this one. And it's all thanks to you. No, no, it... Yoko Taro was the one who made it successful. <laughs> I mean, everyone else, like, all of us, everyone who did voices or, you know, any other part, were just kind of, like, pieces of the pie helping to bring it together, you know? Absolutely, yeah. All all a big near pie. Lovely near pie. <laughs> near a pomato. <laughs> How did you get involved with, with this game to begin with? Then? Was it just a standard audition thing? Yeah, um, it was just kind of... You know, a lot of times when we audition for something, we don't know what we're going in for. They just said, hey, um, we have an audition for another JRPG, which is, you know, the majority of the games that I do are JRPGs. Like, that's, you know, just what I have the mm-hmm. chance to audition for or whatever. So they said, hey, we've got another JRPG. Um, went in, read for a couple characters, and, you know, remember thinking, like, oh, this looks really cool. Obviously, like, for auditions, they can't really tell you a lot about the property because it's it's super confidential and stuff like that. Sure. And sometimes things are still in development. So I just knew I was reading for, like, this badass-looking android lady. And, um, you know, I remember being really, like, kind of excited and nervous at auditioning for her because if you know anything about, like, the character types that I normally play, Tubi is kind of the opposite of that character type. Like, I play a lot of really, really crazy girls, like, a lot of, especially young um, teenagers and stuff like that, a lot of tsundere's, a lot of, like, you know, just really over-the-top mean girls, stuff like that. So playing, like, you know, someone who's more mature, like, reserved in her emotions, doesn't show a lot of attitude. So different. So I was like, I'm never going to get this part, right? And and then, you know, usually when we book something, we don't even know, like, for sure what character we got until we actually go into records. So and they're like, wait, you're playing 2B. And I was like, wait, what? 2B is the main character of this game. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, obviously, like... I don't think anybody really knew that this game was going to blow up because I feel like with certain things, when the internet gets a hold of them and it kind of like takes it by storm and sometimes you just don't really expect that. Like I've worked on things or friends have worked on things where, you know, we don't know. And and then all of a sudden it just like blows up because, you know, I think from what I heard about the original games and stuff, they did have like this devoted cult following, but, um, you know, like, I think because of, like, the gameplay, too, like, people were saying that the gameplay had some issues in the original Nier game and such. Um, mm. But, you know, because with Automata, they had Platinum. I, I feel like that really, like, kind of pushed people to want to play it. And then, you know, Tubi kind of... Tubi's design, a lot of people liked it <laughs> and were sharing it. So, you know, we had already recorded the game. And then when I saw, like, all the 2B memes starting to come up on my feed, and I was just like, oh, wow, this is going to be big. And, of course, I like I couldn't talk about it or say anything at the time, but it's mm. like, you know, I see all my friends sharing stuff about it and being like, oh, this game looks cool. Oh, look, here's 2B looking good and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, I hope people like it. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it really, it really did blow up. And, you know, sometimes it can work the opposite way, too. Like, sometimes you'll record for something and be like, oh, this is going to be huge, and then it never takes off. So, like, you honestly just never know. Yeah, absolutely. This game blew up crazy. I mean, as I said, I can, I've played the previous Dragon Guard game, so I never really expected this to blow up like it did. Because um, I've always felt that the story has always been very good in this series. Uh, I suppose it really is just because Platinum Games really just upped the ante gameplay-wise. Yeah, I feel like that compared with, like, Yoko Taro's storytelling, which from what I understand has always been pretty on point. Yeah, I I would be surprised if Square Enix didn't uh, turn this into a a franchise now. Hopefully with Yoko Taro, hopefully they don't go off and make games without him. That would be a shame. I think we'd lose a lot of what makes this series the series um but we'll see i would you would you end up working on future games if they ask i mean if there was some way for to be to come back totally you know like how mm. um there were a couple characters from the earlier near games like devila and popola that came back and stuff but it's like i don't know how they would really well you never know anything's possible right in that universe so yeah 
hey, if I had another chance, I would totally jump on that. Or if there was ever like DLC or, you know, who knows. But um, I kind of feel like if they did another one, it might be like set in kind of a different timeline with completely different characters. Um, I don't know. But I, I remember like seeing some people on my feed get really mad because there was this article that came out and people were talking about like, oh, hints at a sequel to Nier and they were like there was a sequel it was called Automata Automata <laughs> was the sequel <laughs> yeah I imagine I imagine if there was like a next mainline game it would be in another timeline and whatnot I do have my suspicions that Square Enix are going to end up expanding on this game specifically like I think it's taken them by such a surprise They're like oh okay let's do something with this so I wouldn't be too shocked if they did the usual... I mean, I hope so. You know, if they ended up doing sort of a small mobile game companion and... Yeah, because there has been a lot of crossover. Like, they've put, you know, characters like maybe 2B and 9S and other games and stuff. It's just we haven't gotten to voice anything other than that particular game. Like, the, the main game, you know? <laughs> yeah, but maybe maybe we'll see some little, little spin-offs and extra bits. Oh, man, you know what would be my dream? People, for a while, were tweeting like... Oh, I wish we could get 2B and 9S and Smash Brothers, and you know, that would be... That's be what brilliant. I want. I mean, if I recall correctly, Sakurai said somewhere, like, that he played Nier Automata and loved it, so I'm just like, please, please do that thing. Watch, then he just trolls us all and puts in, like, a meal or something, just like a giant meal. <laughs> but then you'd have, imagine Kirby eating 2B and then consuming 2B's powers and look oh no that'd be cute but also very very strange yeah what if kirby got like a little blindfold that would be so cute they they could have so many options because people are like you know what they put square characters in there because they had cloud they put platinum characters in there because they had bayonetta like there's no excuse what's your (laughs) excuse i'm telling you now put to be in smash and you know maybe 9s too because kyle's cool and should totally be in it <laughs> like make him just like you know like the like how you can play as like male and female versions of the characters i mean mm. i guess it kind of be hard because like they have different fight styles you know 9s would have the whole hacking thing and whatnot but i don't know that'd be pretty sweet i suppose they could even be put in um final fantasy decidia square enix's fighting game that'd be pretty sweet yeah I just want to see more of these characters, basically, somehow. I'm trying to find an excuse to see more of these characters. I mean, speaking of, I guess this is kind of a shameless plug, but it's related. If you want to see more of the characters, you know, there was that supplemental scripts for the concert reading that the original Japanese Seiyuu did. And um, we did, you know, we just, like, went to Kyle's house and did, like, this stream thing of us reading. Because somebody was kind enough to translate those for us. And they're really sad and heartbreaking. Like... We didn't read them prior to doing it on the stream because we wanted our reactions to be genuine, you know? And so if you have not checked that out yet, do so. Um, for those listening, they are spoiler heavy, so make sure you beat the game. But I had it on... Oh, yeah, make sure you beat the game first. But I had it on, on Twitch. I think you were Twitch streaming it, and I had it on at work for a bit. Yeah. How did you manage to get away with listening to it at work? Did you just, like... You work by yourself, or you can just, like, put your headphones on or something, because... So I work late shifts at work, and I have three screens, so I am basically just sat on my own in the evening, and I I can just flick something up on one of the screens, and no one no one cares. I can sit and get on writing, and... I could say it's for work as well, because I do video game stuff, so I can be like, yeah, this is work, this is... I need to watch this for work. This is work, this. <laughs> it's research, kind of like how, um... When I look at scantily clad photos of David Bowie, I'm like, it's for, um scientific and educational purposes yeah it is it's very scientific very it's good it's good to have your research gosh guys stop judging us of course i mean i need to look at those pants in labyrinth because from a standpoint of costume design and a cosplayer and stuff i need to understand how stuff works yeah that's all it is just research guys so you cosplay you cosplay quite a lot 
Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you know, I've always wanted to cosplay. I'm terrible at making things, <laughs> which isn't the best for cosplay. So I can I can basically buy things to build a cosplay, but I'm terrible like actually making outfits. Yeah, I'm pretty bad at making my own stuff too. I've I've made a few things. I've made some of my Jolene costumes. I've made um I recently did Gem from the 80s cartoon Gem in the Holograms. <laughs> I I sort of made some of my stuff for Halloween Jack. Um Oh, nice. Yeah. A lot of my stuff is I just kind of order online or, like, I put things together based on, like, pieces that I find and order, you know, stuff like that. The makeup is, like, where I get really creative with my cosplay stuff, honestly. Okay, so it's not just me that, that buys bits and bobs in, yeah. You have actually cosplayed 2B before. Yes, I have. With the bow, it's very, very important because the pink bow is the best accessory that you can possibly put on tubes, so... You know, I just like I feel like I'm lazy and do like I only do the blindfold about like half the time because even if you get one that you can kind of see through, it's just like it's uncomfortable. Like when you're walking around and you can't see properly and it's like, yeah, and I mean, the nice thing about it is like you don't really have to. It's kind of a double-edged sword because I'm like, well, I don't really have to do my eye makeup if I'm going to be wearing the blindfold. Not that I like mind doing it, but it's just like a less of a step but on the other hand then if I want to take the blindfold off like if we go to dinner or something or if it gets dark then it's like well I'm gonna look like dead if I don't have my makeup on so what do what do I imagine when you do if you know when you do cosplay 2b you have people come up to you and just say like, I love that game and just straight up do not know that you are literally that character oh yeah all the time um I think I don't know it's hard like debating whether or not to tell them because most people are pretty cool like even if they played in Japanese they'll be like oh I haven't heard the English voices but you know like that's cool that that that's you or whatever but some people are very vocal about you know it's just like with anime the whole sub versus dub thing which is that whole yeah. argument is dumb because watch or play in however you you want to watch or play it. It doesn't matter as long as you're not a jerk about it. You can it's totally valid how you want to enjoy your media. Like, ugh. But yeah. um, my point is, some people are like really adamantly against the English voices or even maybe the idea of English voices. So sometimes if I tell them, they're very they become very standoffish. I mean, the majority of people are like, oh, that's super cool. I didn't know, but. It's always like, oh gosh, do I tell them or not? Like, in case it makes for an awkward situation if they're like, hate the English version or something. Most of them won't say that to your face. They'll just say it online with like their anime avatars, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hadn't even thought about that for this because, not just saying this because you're here, but the voice acting in this is very good. So I hadn't even thought about that as an issue anyway. But I guess people are like that with, with dubs and stuff. Like, I've seen it. It's mostly in the anime community. I've not seen it as much mm -hmm. in video games, but it's mostly in the anime community. Um, but yeah, I've never had an issue with dubs. I, I often, um, usually even, enjoy having dubs on. And I feel like it kind of um, depends on how readily the original version is available like if um somebody hears the original voices first for a while and gets used to them then when the english version mm -hmm. comes out they're really like not cool with it sometimes but in certain like you know like i'm in fire emblem heroes for example and there's so little spoken dialogue in that game that it's only unless you want to like download the japanese version on like your Japanese account or something then it's like you're just gonna have the English voices so people are kind of like used to those voices because that's the only option they get unless they want to like have all the text in Japanese and like kind of go a roundabout way to get it you know mm. you know and the same thing I think for like a lot of the dubs from the 90s that were like really nostalgic for people because that was the only option they had if they had it on like VHS tapes or you know watching it on TV or something like that so people were very um used to those voices because that was the first thing they heard and now you know for most media we stay really, really close to the original as much as possible because people like companies know that fans are going to be critical of stuff like that. And but I think people are even more critical these days because they can so easily, you know, like with anime, they can just go on Crunchyroll and like watch the 
thing as soon as it comes out. And so they already have the Japanese voices stuck in their head, mm. which is fine. But it's like, and I think it's great that for games and stuff, they have the dual audio option. I think that's fantastic. And, you know, that's good that that's a norm. But, you know, on the flip side for English voice actors, sometimes it is easier for people to criticize because they can so easily, like I've seen even people on YouTube have like broken down a single scene and put the Japanese and English like line for line next to each other. And then they were like comparing and critiquing. And it's like, guys, like if you don't think it was handled well or you don't like the localization or whatever, just switch it to Japanese. Like it's not the end of the world. I don't know. It was just like, I try not to, you know, when you're an entertainer, you're always going to deal with that kind of negativity. But it's just sometimes kind of baffles me when I see like how far people go to justify disliking something Mm. sort of a running theme i've had with all of the guests on this as well is that it's really difficult not to focus on the negative feedback you have because even though it is the minority of feedback you get it is definitely the thing that you you hear loudest which is a shame really um i guess maybe it's because with children's cartoon shows that they would watch so you know like kids anime shows like you know, all the ones that people grew up with in the 80s and 90s, the dubs for those really were dramatically different than the Japanese dub, but that's not really the case with anime and video games anyway, I don't find. Like, even if you did pair them next to each other, yeah, there's going to be some differences because they're different languages, but it's the same thing, really. I don't, I don't feel that that's too big of an issue with dubs anymore. Yeah, or sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, I think the audience that it's for. Like, sometimes if maybe a certain character trait or whatever wouldn't come off the same way to an English-speaking audience or, you know, something Mm. like that. Sometimes maybe little changes will be made, but I I don't feel like it's drastically changing a character or something to change certain dialogue or intentions. Yeah, it's just a bit of a shame that people kick up too much of a fuss over it, really. I don't really really believe it's that big deal. As as Kira says, it's, it's as easy as just swapping the audio to Japanese, which on most home releases and stuff now is is just an option on those things both for games and anime so unless you're being naughty and watching it on the internet then you (laughs) should be fine and if you're doing that you can't complain really and i know there's outliers you know there's always some things that slip through that were like how was this approved how is this you know translation or voice acting or whatever have you approved but i can say that as someone who works on anime and jrpgs quite regularly like 98% of the time, I feel like a lot of care is taken. You know, the scripts get approved before we even go in and record. Like, they've already gone through levels of approval. And, you know, we always have, like, we have a voice director there who knows, like, the story and what's going on and helps, you know, inform our choices. We have a lot of times Mm -hmm. people from, like, the localization team or people involved in production whenever we're working on any type of game who will be there and kind of, like, you know, clarify even more, like, okay, this is what's happening in this scene or, like, this is, you know, like, when we were um, doing another game, I was in Puyo Puyo Tetris. I know we had people there to explain because there were a lot of, like, little, like, in-jokes and things in the game that you wouldn't really get unless you knew that universe and that game, like, inside and out, so... You know, they were definitely there to help guide us through. And, like, I feel like a lot of times, because it's, it's their baby, like, even more so than ours. So everybody involved has an interest in making this game sound as good as possible. Like, any any game, any show, whatever we're working on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's this misconception from people who haven't, like, aren't really aware of how things work that they just put voice actors in the booth and let us do whatever we want. And I'm like, that is definitely not the case. You know, maybe for a few random projects I've worked on here and there where it's like a get it done sort of thing, but for anything that's going to have some kind of impact, any kind of wide release, they're like, no, we're going to make sure this is good that this is you know stays true to the original intent as much as possible all that kind of stuff sorry i know this is like a kind of a big tangent it's just like oh no i love tangents i just feel like a lot of people don't really understand like how it works and how much um how many people are involved in really bringing 
this creative force to life. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it it annoys me as well. I think I think you'll find this in communities for anything. Like, if I'm totally honest, I tend not to like fan bases. <laughs> the few of them that do react, and it is only a few of them, absolutely. But the few of them that end up acting a bit funny, you know, it's just a shame to spoil it for everyone else when obviously people are not trying to sabotage their own work. Speaking of fan bases, and I mean, come on, I've been my share of or in my share of fan bases that were notorious. Like, I was a homestuck for a couple years, and I know, like, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff about that fan base or whatever. I, I've i just been laughing. Like, this is, like, my current obsession of the moment is just watching the ridiculous, like, Rick and Morty videos, like, with the whole thing where they're, like, going to McDonald's and jumping on the counters and screaming about sauce. I'm just like, what... world is this that we live in and I know a lot of great people who like the show and stuff so I'm definitely not like talking crap about the fan base or whatever I just I just find these videos kind of baffling like what why are you like screaming about sauce (laughs) yeah absolutely I mean I love that show but it it just becomes uh, people like that make it like, I don't even want to mention that show to people anymore, just in case they relate me to that. <laughs> because that, yeah. that is ridiculous. Um, yeah, the way people act around the things that they enjoy, regardless of what it is, whether it's anime and shows and video games, is just weird. People are weird, basically. Just It's just people. People are weird. Well, it's funny, because I recently saw someone mention, like, oh, the worst fan bases, or whatever, and they listed... JoJo's which is like my fandom that I've been a part of for years and Mm. I was like ready to get all defensive like what did you say about JoJo fans going all (laughs) Josuke mode and then I read their post I was like they're not wrong (laughs) (laughs) these are problems with the JoJo community I'm not gonna lie Like, one of them was like, they're very, like, hostile and elitist to people who haven't read the manga. And I'm like, okay, like, I've probably been that person. (laughs) We've all been that person. I've done that. Um, When I go watch comic book films, like superhero movies, I used to read comics a lot. So I'd be all, hmm, that that character wasn't, mm hmm, hmm, and all that. You know, I can act all high might and be like, you, you bloody people that do this. But we've all done it, absolutely. I thought it was interesting. Your first video game was The White Chamber. Yeah, wow, that's a throwback. <laughs> I didn't know that, but I played that back in the day. It's like a free indie like student game, I think. Yeah. I was still in college when I recorded that. That's how long ago that was. But yeah, if people are interested, that's just straight up free online. So like, go and play that. It's actually a genuinely decent little uh, adventure, sort of point-and-clicky horror game. And, yeah, I had no idea that you were in that. That's pretty crazy. Aside from, like, my terrible voice acting because I had no clue what I was doing and was a total noob back then. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? We've all got to start somewhere. Like, when I see all these people now who are trying to get into voice acting and they get discouraged because they're like, well, I just don't think I'm any good. I was like, dude, I was garbage when I first started and I had, like, the worst (laughs) recording setup ever. Now people have access to all this good stuff, right? But, like, back in the day, people were using like stuff from like rock band and (laughs) oh god yeah people were using like gaming headsets you know and that was like considered like acceptable back then not so much anymore yeah there will undoubtedly be people that want to know from you like how do i get into voice acting how do i get into voice acting I might, I, I'm not a voice actor, but my advice would probably be to do projects like that. Like, there are so many free indie games and small projects like that that absolutely need voice actors. And, I mean, shameless plug, but again, related, um, I am actually the founder and head admin of a forum called the Voice Acting Club. Super easy to remember, it's just voiceactingclub.com. And not only is there kind of an extensive guide I wrote about, like, well, how do you get started in voiceover things? I get asked that all the time and um, kind of got some of the, like, pros and cons. And, like, you know, I think a lot of people have misconceptions about voice acting as a career and think that it's, like, something you can just go and be employed in. Like, they don't really understand that it's, like, a freelance thing and sometimes you're not going to be working for a while and you know that whole thing and talks about kind of how to get started like doing it as a hobby and you know seeing if it's even something that you think you want to do because even if you decide you don't want to do it for a career and want to you know go into a career where you can actually 
make a living guaranteed, then it's like you can totally do it for fun and all the and even a lot of indie games pay now that was not the norm when I was doing voice acting as a hobby you know I would do like Mm. stuff with flash and this and that and it was kind of before a lot of online content became monetized you know like now with YouTube and stuff that's a huge thing and you know Kickstarter so a lot of these content creators can pay their voice talent even if maybe it's not much pay them something whereas you know back when I was starting we didn't really have those systems in place so everyone was kind of just making stuff out of their own Mm. funds if any but I mean the first console released game that I ever did was Castle Crashers and I got that as a direct result of like the online stuff I was doing at the time because people who worked for Newgrounds helped to make it and stuff so yeah so that ended up working out pretty well there there are pros and cons to starting online for sure. I think one of the things that, because I'm very open about how I started because, you know, I want to encourage other people who are in the same position to be like, yeah, I mean, you know, if you really work at it and practice, like you're not really going to, you know, that was like the one exception. You're not generally going to get actual voice roles as a result of stuff you did online, but it can help you practice. It can help you get used to auditioning. So if you do get the door opened for you in some way shape or form you're kind of not just going in blind no android pun intended (laughs) any level of experience is useful yeah and i think you know sometimes the downside is there are people who you know say that i don't deserve the career that i have or this or that because they think i'm just like an internet voice actor or that i'm just like wow you know i i still get called like an amateur voice actor to this day which i'm like um No, actually, I've been a pro since, like, 2009 now, off and on. So it's like, (laughs) I don't know, it's like there's this mentality that people think that because someone started somewhere, they're always going to be that and nothing more. You know, I've heard the same thing about authors, people who are, like, published authors but who used to do fan fiction or something. People still are like, well, they're a fan fiction author, you know, if like a webcomic mm. artist who legit goes on to do like actual comics and so well, you know, webcomic like as if the medium makes some something somehow like less legitimate of a form of getting started and you know i'd say technology is such a like embrace the whole you know internet it's just again sometimes if you do have any kind of internet persona you are going to be scrutinized more heavily and this sure. net, you know, I it's why I don't really do the YouTube thing, and I see how much crap people who are YouTubers get, and I don't know. It's, it's a trade-off, I guess. <laughs> yeah, again, I think it's just people can be elitist about the things that they like. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, just a people thing. It's unfortunate. But absolutely, like, if you, however you get started into something that you love, that's absolutely cool. And in your case, I think part of the reason you have a following is because you're so open about it. Like, people feel they can relate to you and that they can sort of talk with you and that you're not you know you're not some high and mighty person you're just a person I think that's I think that's why you have a following absolutely and I think because I'm I'm like a huge socially awkward nerd and I'm like pretty open about that and so I think you know and some people want to like disparage me for that and be like oh well you're just like a fangirl or whatever but I mean I think it's like hey yeah, I I like post stupid JoJo memes and, uh, you know, this and that. And it's like, I, I think people like someone that they can relate to, like someone who shares their interests, someone who understands this medium. And you certainly don't have to be a gamer or have to like kind of be into anime culture to work and be successful and do a good job in this medium. But I think mm. that if you do have those interests, it's like cool to be open about that because... A lot of people who follow this stuff like to be able to relate to people. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll see that someone that is into those things can make it. And that's that's quite inspirational, genuinely, you know, for, for people to see that. Yeah, because I think sometimes there's some disconnect. Yeah, and a ton of the people who are up and coming right now, like making it into the industry, doing stuff, you know, either out here or over in Texas, um, a lot of them started out as fans of anime, as gamers, as stuff like that. And, of course, you absolutely still need to learn how to act. You need that, you know, I, I always try to make that very clear, as do many other people, because 
you know, it doesn't matter how big of a fan you are of this stuff. It's it's about like your acting technique and stuff. But understanding the medium, I think, can be helpful. And, you know, a lot of mm. people do kind of decide they want to get into voice acting because they enjoy these things. Like, you know, that's how it started for me was, you know, playing stuff like Soul Calibur 2 when I was in high school and being like, wow, people do these voices or, you know, watching like Cowboy Bebop or something and being like, hey, like, wow, I want to do this, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's totally fine yeah, if like that's what inspires you as long as you like, you know, make sure to really understand how to bring a character to life through your acting choices. As you say as well, there are plenty of people um, in the industry that wouldn't necessarily be fans of the things that they were doing if they weren't doing it, but that's fine that doesn't you know that doesn't mean that they're any worse at the job or anything it just doesn't matter just just be good basically yeah. be good practice and be good and on the flip side you to know be good. So, yeah sometimes you know we don't like play or watch everything that we're in because one we generally as a rule don't get copies of the stuff that we're in like regardless of what it is, how big or small it is, what the media... You know, sometimes for, like, indie games, I've gotten a copy of it. Because if it's a matter of, like, giving a Steam code or something, they can totally do that. But a lot of times for, like, retail games that sell for a lot, the voice actors never get a copy. Um, so it comes yeah. down to, like, can we go out and buy this game? Like, I totally went out and bought Nier because I was like, um, yeah, I want to play this, as did, you know, Kyle oh and I think um, a couple of the other cast members. But, like... You know, some of the games that I'm in know I haven't played because either I just haven't had the time, haven't had the mm. money, or don't have the system it's on, or, you know, sometimes, like, I generally watch and play the things that I would watch and play even if I weren't in, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I'm yeah. super, super into the Ace Attorney series, so I would have played Spirit of Justice whether I was in it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I did not know that you just straight up didn't get copies of things sometimes. That is that is very strange. Um, wow. I mean, I feel like it's just, especially for anime, because I feel like it's kind of hard to make a profit margin on that, given how much, like, people pirate things and, you know, how much it's going yeah. to online streaming, that if they were to give copies to everyone in the cast, especially if you've got, like, 60 or more people in the cast and you get down to it like that's a lot of merchandise and some people may not even watch or like have room for that merchandise so I totally understand from the production side as well too why generally they don't give out copies of things to the voice actors it's not something that had occurred to me really that is quite amazing um yeah that you had to go out and buy near it's just crazy yeah, but I mean, I have to go out and buy anything else I'm into. I, I feel like the kind of the one exception is um, Anaplex is super, super cool about giving like the main cast copies of the shows that they've worked on. They've given me like some really nice box sets of Blue Exorcist and um, Asterisk War, a couple other shows that I worked on with them. But yeah, generally speaking, no matter what the game is or the show or like whatever, we're not going to, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. Um yeah, as I was sort of saying earlier, I think a lot of the reason you have a big fan base is because you stay in touch with everyone. And you've 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 stayed in touch with the uh, Automata's voice actors, haven't you, really? Yeah, I don't necessarily know everyone in the cast super well, although I have met most of them one way or another. I would say probably Kyle is the one that I'm closest with, and we actually became friends through Nier Automata. Obviously, you know recording any game you're not going in at the same time so we didn't even hear each other's lines until sitting down and playing the game for ourselves and it's it's a really crazy like it's such a different experience because you know when you go in to record a game it's like you're the only one there recording you just you know you have people who work on the production side of things observing and, and giving feedback and stuff but you're not working with the other actors obviously um you're kind of we will see visuals if it's stuff like, you know, the cutscenes they had, um, you know, because we have to do it to picture, obviously. And a lot of times we will hear the line in the original Japanese. But, you know, our lines are like on a spreadsheet on a screen in front of us and stuff. And it's, you know, you're doing your lines one at a time, you know, working and refining it. 
And so when you actually like play a game and see everything come together with like the visuals and music and the other performances, it is so different. But yeah, to go back to your original question, um, you know, Kyle and I became friends through that, although we like kind of had vaguely met in passing a couple times. And we we're actually joking about that recently, like, yeah, like now we're super close friends and, you know, we didn't really talk to each other before near, but then like. I had reached out to him and I was super nervous like oh he probably thinks I'm like a total loser right he's like the successful <laughs> voice actor but I'm gonna be like hey do you want to like do an AMA on reddit and and he was like yeah sure so we met up and I remember like being super nervous like oh I can't like show my power level and re and you know it's funny because then you get to know people and you're like yeah they totally are cool with what a huge nerd I am but it's always like that oh gosh like is this person going to think I'm cool enough to hang out with or whatever? I'm sure he'd laugh, like, if I told him that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, then, the, you know, the whole thing came about, like, for the streams. And I mm -hmm. decided to, like, surprise everybody by showing up as to be and stuff like that. So Awesome. Um, yeah, and obviously I have my own following that I'm sure are going to listen to this that know me for loving this game if you also love this game but don't necessarily follow this community make sure you are following kira because she really does a lot of this stuff like they as she said she does amas and she yeah does... you're like famous you're famous on twitter i was super surprised i probably shifted like a thousand copies of that game i wouldn't shut up about it <laughs> oh i am totally okay with that but yeah you've got quite a following i was like what <laughs> And not nowhere near as big as, as yours, obviously. Now, look at us, we're, we're Twitter bragging. What is, what is, mm. No, my, the only reason the numbers on Twitter are what they are is because I've been on Twitter since 2009, and, you know, so over time, it's like, I feel like a lot of people followed me based on the different, like, fandoms that I've been in or whatever, and a lot of those accounts are probably dead or bots by this point. You know, like, if I had jumped on the Instagram train sooner, I'd have a bigger following on Instagram, but as of now, I think I only have about a thousand followers, maybe 1,500 on Instagram, which is really not that much compared to other people. So everyone should definitely go follow So y'all should things. follow me on Instagram. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, great. I, I, at some point, do need to sit and watch the, that script reading properly, because as I say, I was watching it at work, so I wasn't watching it properly but I, I really want to see that because as i say any more of these characters i'm all up for it yeah i feel like it's even something you is could that still online listen somewhere to yeah it, it should be on kyle's youtube channel and you know even if you can't watch our facial expressions or whatever i feel like listening to because it was sort of you know it was written as a radio play essentially so mm. yeah awesome uh yeah so i'm definitely gonna listen to that probably on my way to work today actually because why not um and everyone else should but definitely, definitely play the game first if you haven't played the game. Yeah, it'll have major spoilers if you guys have not had... And by beaten, I mean all endings, not just ending A, oh. because occasionally that comes up. <laughs> yeah, oh my... I was just about to say, when I'm... Again, I talk about this game so much that I get a lot of people that are following me going, okay, Ryan, I bought it finally. And then I have to try and make it very clear to them how important it is that they play all three, all three playthroughs and I say that, and I guess they think that they're just replaying the same game, and it's so difficult to explain to people how important that is. It's like its own sequel, like the third act is the game's own sequel, basically. Yeah, they even mention it in the game. So it, I remember it drove me and other people crazy when some early reviews on the game came out, and they were like, well, it's really short, and I felt like it didn't resolve stuff, and you oh. find out they didn't. Even though the game tells you, it tells you, please restart your game. <laughs> but yeah it's like yeah, crazy it's gonna... it, if you've not played through the third act you've only played half the game like seriously you've, you've not finished the game at all it's difficult to get that through to people so I, I mean hopefully no one's listening to this <laughs> but I haven't done that yeah I hopefully I haven't spoiled anything I don't think I have probably not but yeah make sure you no I, I don't think we've discussed any spoilers on here no good I'm pretty careful about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I imagine you are yeah but yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is genuinely, genuinely, not just because Kira's here. It is my favorite game of all time. And if you do follow me, you will know that I'm not just saying that. It is my favorite game ever. So play it. Um, I guess we'll wrap this up by asking a couple of questions that some people have asked. Yeah, that's right. We, we had a lot of questions on Twitter when you tweeted that. I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a lot of them were, the, were things we've kind of already covered, to be honest. Um, all that just don't make sense. Sorry, one of my kittens is going crazy. 
Okay, she's taken care of. Um. <laughs> I didn't hear any of that. I just heard the word kittens. Like, it blanked out, and I was like, hello? And, it, and then I just heard kittens. I mean, that's kind of an, you know, if I'm ever, like, spacing out for a second, it is usually because kittens. And that is one word. For those who don't know, I've got two little foster pumpkin spice kittens right now. And Aww. along with my three resident cats, it's quite a household here. <laughs> Wait, what on earth is a pumpkin spice kitten? Oh, like the little orange tabby kittens. They look like little pumpkin spice latte colored. Oh, I like that even your cats you've made coffee related. Yes. (laughs) Right, so questions. Here we go. I thought what, I thought it was quite sweet. One person just asked, asked, what's it like being such a babe? And I was like, that's that's sweet. Yes, um, that was, I believe that was Sydney who asked that. So hi, (laughs) yes, I know that person. (laughs) And, um... (laughs) How do I even answer that? Um, I created hashtag Bowie Babes for me and my friend one time when we were just posting selfies of us in our Bowie makeup, so. <laughs> That's brilliant. And someone asked what your favorite role is. I know, I mean, maybe 2B? Is it 2B? Yes, yes. Like, I know a lot of people say, like, oh, I don't pick favorites with my roles because they're like my children. But, I mean, I think it's absolutely okay to have roles that you're like, this is... Fair enough, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a big part of it is, too, just because of how much people have said that that game or that character really touched them. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is a powerful game. Um, yeah. And I don't I don't mean that as, like, a bragging thing of, like, oh, it was my performance. But, you know, I think a lot <laughs> of just, like, the way that the game was written and executed and all that stuff and just, you know, being a part of that in some small way or helping to bring that vision to life and in a small way is like a big honor for me awesome do you sort of ship 2b and 9s because everyone loves those two everyone loves just seeing those two okay so i will preface this with a disclaimer and say that you know my my personal opinion on this as a voice actress obviously has no bearing on the canon story so i respect whatever you guys ship or don't ship and i you know obviously my opinion is just my opinion as a person and not any sort of official anything, but I ship the ever-loving crap out of 2B and 9S. I am sorry. I love them. I, They they are precious <laughs> babes and deserve to be together, and I just want them to live a happy life, okay? Why is it so hard? Why can't you let us have nice things? <sighs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that answers <laughs> that question, I suppose. <laughs> yes, I think we now know your stance on that. Brilliant. <laughs> um, I don't know if anyone specifically asked this, so maybe I'll just ask this. With 2B, obviously you touched on it earlier, with her design, she's very sexualized. Do you find it awkward? Because I imagine a lot of fans get kind of a bit too much about that. Like, they forget that you're not just a character design, you're a person. Um, so, I mean, if people want to appreciate hot characters, that is totally cool. I certainly appreciate attractive characters myself. Um... You know, I think the the only time it gets a little weird is when people constantly, like, share or tag me in, like, really, really lewd pictures of her. Because I'm just, oh. like, not really about... The, like, I feel like it's not really... Enjoy whatever you want, but I just feel like, as a character, she's really not as sexualized as people make her out to be. Like, yeah, she has, mm. like, kind of a revealing design. Like, whatever, yeah, you can get, like, the achievement if you have her go up the ladder and all that kind of stuff. But I really feel like that's not, like, central to the game. It's not, you know, it's just yeah. a thing that's there because Yoko Tarvin said, well, I like girls, whatever. And again, like, if I could design a male android to look ideal, you can bet I'd be making him look like Bowie and having all the features to accompany or whatever. So it's like, yeah, of course she's, like, going to be hot if she can be made to look perfect or whatever it's just like the only time it gets weird is when people constantly send me lewds and i'm like please can you not (laughs) oh god yeah i i I find like the way that some people some people treat tb and her character and stuff like you know there are whole communities based around people liking tb in that way then i guess i find 9s kind of cute so i can't complain too much oh yeah my friend shout outs to my friend who has a 9s body pillow and 
we wow. made Kyle sign it at AX. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, it's totally cool to, you know, like whatever you like. It's just, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. I totally love it when people tag me in like their art and their cosplay and all that kind of stuff. And of course, of like oh, a yeah. lot of that just is a little suggestive of my nature. It's just like the super like not safe for work stuff. I, yeah. it's, it's okay to not send me that is all I'm saying. I mean, it should be fairly obvious to people what is and isn't a, a, an appropriate thing to do. So, you know, be sensible. Right, people. and you know, I'm, I've been on the internet for a long time. I've I've seen my fair share of so you know, it's not like a lot of things like <gasps> shock me or whatever. It's just more of kind of like, you know. I yeah. don't necessarily, if I'm looking at my Twitter mentions from the coffee shop, need to see certain things that's all <laughs> yeah so just be just be sensible people i think everyone knows what is and is not an appropriate thing to do so be sensible i don't think anyone listening to this yeah. would be like that anyway but anyway so what game systems do you own and what are some of your favorite games you can't say ones you've been in okay um well that's that's fair enough because i have plenty of favorites of games that i've not been in um Let's see, uh, do you want me to go back to, like, the older systems I own, too, or just kind of, like, the more current generation stuff? Uh, either way, up to you. Okay, um, let's see. To start with, kind of, like, uh, the one that I got the most recently was I finally broke down and got a PS4. I'd been wanting it for a while, but, like, it honestly took until, like, Nier Automata came out, and then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm finally gonna spend the money on getting a PS4. Um, plus, you know, just a lot of the games that I've been in, or a lot of other games, like, um, I, I've been really meaning to actually get into Overwatch and stuff like that, and I've owned the game forever, but just haven't really, I don't know, life kind of got in the way, and I haven't really been able to sit down and play it much at all, so, um, and then obviously I really, really like the Guilty Gear franchise, um, it's definitely my favorite fighting game of all time, so of course I'm playing like Guilty Gear X or Revelator, and before that I put so many hours into Accent Core, like, you guys have no idea. Um, let's see, I have a 360 that I don't really use anymore, because obviously there aren't really games coming out for the 360. I don't really have an interest in getting an Xbox One, no offense to anyone who has it and enjoys it, it's just there's not a lot of games on it that are of my interest, to be honest. I feel mm -hmm. like everything that... I want to play is kind of coming out for PS4 anyway. Um, sure. I also, I feel like I'm behind on a lot of stuff because I don't own a Switch either or even a Wii U. I have like, like my most recent Nintendo console is like an actual Wii. <laughs> like, um, I, I used to play like Project M a lot on there and I used to help make mods for it and stuff. Like mostly like sound mods because I wasn't really good at making textures, but I totally like... I would totally download a bunch of the textures. Like, um, somebody made a Sonichu skin for Sonic, and I totally had that on there just to mess with people when they'd come over to play Smash with me. Brilliant. So. So you're, so you're big into Smash Bros, then? Yeah, like, of course, you know, I play Melee on the GameCube all the time because I was big into mm -hmm. that for a while. I used to, like, go to tournaments and stuff. Um... Oh, sweet. Uh, I still have my PS3 out. I, w I played a lot of, like, JoJo's All-Star Battle just because I'm really, really obsessed with JoJo's. Um, I, I really like um, like playing handheld games as well. I play a lot of DS games. Of course, I'm super obsessed with Pokemon, so I've played and beaten, like, every Pokemon game. And, like, obviously the Ace Attorney franchise, I mean, I guess that sort of counts as something I was in, but, you know, it's something I've been playing long before I was ever mm -hmm. in Spirit of Justice. And, honestly, cool. now I'm, I'm like, playing a lot of, I feel like such trash, like, I'm just playing a lot of, like, mobile games. Like, I play so much Love Live, um, I play a bit of Idolmaster, there's, like, a JoJo mobile game called Stardust Shooters. It's all in Japanese, but I play that. I mean, I play Fire Emblem Heroes. That's something I'm in, so whatever. But in terms of, like, mobile games that I play, Pokemon Go! I am, you know, anyone who follows me on social media oh, knows how deep I am into the Pokemon Go craze. I know a lot of people abandoned it because they felt like there weren't new features being added, but especially after raids were rolled out, because, like... Mm. I don't know, as someone who, you probably wouldn't really guess it from, 
interviews in social media or interacting with me at conventions, but I do have a degree of social anxiety, and so I don't really get out and socialize with people all that often unless it's at, you know, conventions or something like that. So I feel like Pokemon Go raids are a very non-threatening, non-intimidating way to kind of get out and meet other people without it being like, you know... Like, something like a party would kind of be nightmarish for me in most situations. But, like, going to a Pokemon Mm. Go raid, it's like, you show up for 15 minutes, you can talk to people a little, but it's not, like, high pressure, you know, you're all there for a common goal, you're all going to work together. A lot of times, Pokemon Go players are really chill. Like, even though we have, you know, we have the team rivalry, per se, it's a very friendly rivalry, so, you know... People might take jabs at each other like, ew, you're like team Valor, get out of here or whatever. But nobody's like, you know, nobody's serious about it. Like, we're all just like, yeah, you can be on whatever team you want. (laughs) I work in London, which is pretty notorious for people not talking to each other. But on (laughs) Pokemon Go raids, everyone will, you know, get together. And as you say, because it's a common goal that everyone has, everyone is talking. And it's just so strange to see everyone that would usually so not be talking to each other in London just have this nice little 15 minute thing where they're all friendly and yeah I think Pokemon Go is a really good thing yeah it's always funny seeing people who don't know what's going on just walk by and observe because you have these people all decked out in their team gear like I feel I don't follow sports but I feel like this is how sports fans must feel you know we're putting on our like team hats and team shirts and you know we're going out and everybody's got their phones out with their little portable chargers and you know looking mm-hmm. intently and people are just like what's going on <laughs> and it's a very intense thing where you hear people being like all right i'm going in check on your eta get their status all right coming over <laughs> we got four Absolutely. over here we've got two here all right we've got the next number of people we're gonna split up by teams mystic over here valor over here instincts you guys split up wherever you know it's just so i love it it's such a fun thing yeah it's really good and you know, where I play it as well, it's it's like Banker Central. It's like the Bank Central of England. And so it is just bankers in suits, but they play it. And so we'll all just stop on this corner in a little circle, like 20 of us, raiding. And all the bankers walking past must just be wondering what on earth is going on. Yeah, and I know some people that I know have been hesitant about raids because they're like, oh, like, is it going to be a bunch of kids? Am I going to feel too old and awkward? And it's it's definitely not like, you know, as somebody put it, Yeah, the majority of people who raid are adults because they're the ones who are, you know, they have a car and they're Mm. able to go to the raid locations really easily and have the money to spend on the data or what have you, so. Yeah, it's quite quite a nice little community I found. Um, So I guess we'll wrap it up one last thing. What would you say is your favorite area and moment in Nier Automata? Oh, that's so hard to say for sure but um I know something that I really like is whenever she kind of has moments of vulnerability with 9s like especially like accidentally or purposefully calling him nines and things like Mm. that I just I love that so much and I think it's you know a nice contrast to kind of her more stoic nature throughout a lot of the game and just like the the moments between those two and stuff like that especially like if he's talking about something kind of mundane like oh like what about like t-shirts or whatever that whole little conversation was and she's just like why is that important (laughs) and he's just all like he's so enthusiastic about it and just wants to talk to her about these things and she's like why and (laughs) I just think it's so precious if you do finish a game and decide you want to, and I mean finish the game, and then decide you want to replay it, everything has a slightly more meaning to it on a second playthrough, I found. Yeah, and just like some of the little things, like the whole like, pisseth off and stuff like that. And, you know, just yeah. like a lot of fun. Like this, this cannot continue is like the classic moment that everyone brings up. But, you know, just like little things like that. Because even when you have something that's kind of like, has a lot of sad moments and a lot of, like, feels, if you will. Having moments Mm. of humor and levity mixed in there, I feel like, is so important. You know, it's one of the things that I love about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, too. Like, a lot of people think it's just an action series, but, you know, there's there's a lot of feels mixed in and a lot of humor. So it's kind of got the whole package. Absolutely. Right, so we will leave it at that. You won't know because I've edited this like a pro, but we've had a terrible time with Skype. (laughs) Um, 
and my battery is dying. So it's just, I think it's definitely time to close this. You didn't realize Ryan edited because it's his stand ability. I, I just, actually, okay, I'm so sorry. I know you said you want to wrap up, but I remember I was kind of vaguely looking through the questions as people submitted them on Twitter. And I know someone asked me, but I actually kind of want to extend this to you too. Are, are you familiar with JoJo much? I know of it. I have not, I'm, I've not watched or read it. Okay, so I'll try to explain. Do you do you know at all like what a stand is or the whole concept of it? No, no. I saw someone ask, but I, I didn't know what that was. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I'm going to explain it to you as like best and concisely as I can. And then you tell me what you think your stand would be. Because I feel like everyone knows mine, although I can explain it again if I need to. Um, so... <sighs> A stand, it's kind of like, um, it's like the physical manifestation of your fighting spirit. So imagine you have kind of like this, this being, um, that's sort of like attached to you, if you will, although some stands are kind of like remote control and stuff. And it has like, um, a unique appearance and a unique name. Generally speaking, only stand users can see each other's stands. If you have a big stand fight with like these two stands beating each other up, like, people who don't have stands are not going to see them. It's just going to be like, what's going on? If your stand takes damage, you take damage as well. Um, things like that. And each stand mm-hmm. has its own unique ability. So, generally, it's not something, like, super ridiculously overpowered, although there are a couple that are, are I guess. But, um, you know, a lot of stands can be good based on their unique ability. You know, they can do all sorts of things like some of them they have like a lot of power to like beat things up or some are like healing stands um and there's just like all sorts of things like it's um like just as an example the character that I cosplay Jolene has a stand called stone free where she can unravel her body into string and you know use that string to do different things such as like attack enemies or you know wrap around items and you know etc things like Mm -hmm. that and there are all sorts of ways to use a stand ability, and some of them are very creative. And generally the names have to do with, like, a band or artist or album, particularly classic rock-based. So we have all sorts of wonderful stand names and such. Like, there's a lot of ones that are based off prints. Um, you have a stand called Killer Queen, um, little, like, abilities like Sheer Heart Attack and Bite the Dust. Um, nice. There, there is a Bowie-based stand that my husbando actually uses called Scary Monsters, and he can summon little dinosaurs and, like, turn into a dinosaur himself. It's super cute. Very <laughs> yeah. nice. There's one of the villains in JoJo is the President of the United States and he has a stand called Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap or D4C (laughs) for short. Um, So yeah, so anyway, like what, just like with this limited knowledge, I guess, if you had a stand, what would you want the ability to be and what would it be called? Oh my goodness. All right, let's see. My stand would be something to do with being able to fix internet connections, I think. That would be my stand. Oh, okay. <laughs> that would be interesting. Making sure all the internet everywhere is absolutely A-OK. And I would be respected and people will, will bring me into their friendship groups and just bring me into their lives. Which is great. Now, how how would you use that offensively? Like, what if you could also say you could make sure the internet worked for all your allies and yourself, but then oh. disable the internet or cell connections of all your enemies? So, like... You know, your enemies were trying to play Pokemon Go, and they would get nothing but network errors. Meanwhile, you're like, ha ha ha, look at this legendary I caught, you know? Exactly, and I'm catching Lugias and Ho-Ohs, and they're just kneeling and crying outside in the rain. Yeah, because sometimes, you know, stands that can be detrimental to your opponents, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a stand that can physically damage them. Sometimes it's just... You know, it'll mess with them in some way or make things difficult for them. So what would it be called? Oh, what would it be called? I think we should play on Electric Light Orchestra, but I haven't got a good yes, pun Yes, I love... Yet. Oh my gosh, they're one of my current musical obsessions. I love ELO so much. <sighs> so that would be my stand. I'd be internet-based and I'd have some sort of pun based on ELO. Oh, okay, I'm trying to think. I feel like there was a song that would fit really... Um, telephone Line? Yes. 
oh my god, we've actually made this work. <laughs> we've made the stamp work. Yes, I am so proud of you. Now, watch one of your followers is going to draw fan art. They're going to like design the stand oh. for you physically. Do you know, I would actually love that. Someone do that. They should totally draw. I mean, a couple people have sort of drawn interpretations of a stand of mine, but um, mine would be called Insomniac. I've talked about this on different things. It's actually like the name of a Green Day album, and its mm. power would be to turn any liquid substance into coffee. Which, again, sounds like, oh, this would just, you know, serve me and my friends because we could take anything and, you know, just turn it into coffee to drink. But it could also be useful in battle or dealing with enemies because, you know, you want to throw water on your opponent or something. Suddenly it turns into scalding coffee. That totally works. And then you can get addicted to caffeine and you can just mess them right up. It's... Yeah. It's secretly brilliant. Enemies trying to take a shower, suddenly they're showering with coffee mm-hmm. grounds. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if we hadn't mentioned this show, everyone would kill me. Yes. <laughs> but then you could fight back with your stand ability, and then they couldn't even get to the internet connection to attack you. Yeah, exactly. They wouldn't be able to harass me. With my stando, telephone nine! <laughs> oh my god, please someone draw me that, please. Please. <laughs> I put it on the fridge and I'll say that's a lovely picture. Well done. Um, this has been awesome. Um, I will leave you to it so that you can... Because it's, it's late on Kira's end now. She's a night owl, but it is really late. <laughs> yes, it's 2am. But again, my stand oh is my called gosh. Insomniac, so make of that what you will. <laughs> but thank you very, very much. Um, this was wonderful. Hopefully people listen to it and they'll be inspired and they'll make their own stands. Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys for listening. This was a blast. Yes, and make sure you go and follow Kira online, because she does cool things. <laughs> or, you know, I just post cats. <laughs> that is that is cool things. Posting cats is cool things. I joke that my Snapchat is more like Snapcat. Oh my god, I love it. Snapcat. Right, we'll leave you to it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. No problem at all. Um, Everyone... Thank you for listening very much. Make sure that you subscribe wherever you are listening to this, whether it's on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever else. There is a Patreon, which is really cool, and I hate plugging this, but there's patreon.com slash toadsanime if you really like this. We have more cool guests coming up. Probably none quite as cool as Kira, but we have some cool guests. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 